0: Alright, welcome everybody. I'm Pastor Kurt and I'm so glad that you chose to be here today and kick off our brand new series with us Called Filled, Life with the Holy Spirit. Pretty excited about this I don't know about you, but I can't really face my weeks, my life without the Holy Spirit's help I need him desperately and uh, I hope that you've understood that too Brings up a great question. What if you could go through life every day filled with hope and joy? Uh, what if you could face every day knowing that there's comfort for whatever it is that you go through and face in life? What if you could face every day being confident that you are God's child and, and never really had to, had to question that at all? What if you could be full of life and full of power to face the challenges and the temptations that sin brings in your life? Wouldn't that be great? Wait, you can. You can. It's called life with the Holy Spirit. It's called being filled every day with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we want to talk about over these next several weeks. You know, last week we talked about how Jesus rolls away stones in our life, and especially that first big stone of unbelief, and how our heart is like a tomb. And I want you to know today that He doesn't leave your heart empty. He rolls away the stone, we receive Him, and then He gives us the Holy Spirit who fills us and who does life with us and who wants to be your closest friend. And your closest companion. And he doesn't want you ever to feel like you're alone. Because he is always, always with you. So today as we kick off the series, we're going to be packed with scripture. So get your stubby pencil ready. There's going to be a lot of writing going on today. And we're going to lay the foundation this morning for the next eight weeks of series called Filled. So the first question we want to ask today as we start talking about the Holy Spirit is number one, who is the Holy Spirit? Some of you are here today and you're like, who's the Holy Spirit? I've never heard about that. I've heard of God. I've heard of Jesus. Who's the Holy Spirit? And I want you to notice that even as we start out today, we say who. We don't say what is the Holy Spirit. And the reason for that is that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. He's one of the three members of what we call the Trinity. He's not a force like in Star Wars, you know, may the force be with you. That's not the Holy Spirit, although he has a force. The Holy Spirit is a person. And Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit countless times as he, not as it. Go home and read John chapter 14 through 16, and you'll see how clearly Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as a person. But before we talk about the Trinity this morning, and we break down the Trinity into its three members... First, let's talk about God's oneness, because it's important that we remember that even though God expresses himself through, you know, three different personhoods, if you will, he is one. He is one. Back in Deuteronomy chapter six, Moses said to Israel, "Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You see, many of the pagan tribes and people around in those days were worshiping many, many hundreds and thousands of God's. And Moses wanted the people to know, and God wanted the people to know, that he was one God. He was not fractured. He was one God. And then Jesus, in John chapter 10, said, the Father and I are one. So there's this oneness, there's this unity. When we think about God, he is one God. And so as we talk about the Trinity of God, and we single out the Holy Spirit, just to really um, help our understanding in who he is and what he does Innocent for us, remember that God is not fragmented, he still remains one, and when we talk about the Holy Spirit, he is God, and he is the spirit of Christ, and so God is one Romans eight nine says you're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him. So here you have spirit of god spirit of christ holy spirit living in you all the same spirit Of god, so god is one but god does reveal himself through this distinction of persons or roles or characteristics, however you want to refer to him And we call this the trinity. Okay now the word trinity is never in the bible, but the trinity is in the bible So let me explain So the Trinity's in the Bible because you see Jesus, the Son of God, you see the Holy Spirit, and you see God the Father all show up in sometimes one verse, sometimes two verses, but always in passages throughout Scripture. So those three personages, if you will, are all there. Here's one example for you, Matthew 3, 16 and 17. When Jesus was baptized, there's Jesus, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God, there's the Spirit, descending like a dove and coming to rest on him now by the way the spirit is not a bird Just want to get that straight. Okay Hallmark may tell you he's a bird. He's not he's not a dove. He came down like a dove means he settled upon Jesus, but nobody saw a bird That day just like he's not an ink blot Okay, we used we use ink to kind of illustrate that the Holy Spirit has influence in our lives and how he kind of spreads to those areas we like him and want him and invite him to spread, right? But, but he's not ink, he's not smoke, okay? And he's not, he's not a bird, all right? So uh, where was I before I diversed? Okay, descending like a dove. And behold, a voice from heaven, there's the Father, saying, this is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased. You see, Son, Spirit, Father, all in two verses. So I love how God gives us little pictures of Trinity uh, throughout uh, just creation and, and how we view creation. Like for me, I'm a man, right? Have you figured that out? Okay, good. I'm a man, but I'm, I'm a father. Some people see me as father. You know, my son and my daughter see me as father. By the way, praise the Lord. Levi is back with us. He was at the first service this morning. So thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your prayers. Appreciate that. But people see me as father. People see me as brother. I have siblings, and people also see me as husband. I have one wife. Um, and there's, there's also Trinity built into every one of us. We all have, as, as a human, we have a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. So we see that there's this idea of Trinity built into each one of us. Um, then in creation, there's, this is one of my favorites. I like this. We have the egg, right? And I know this is simplistic, but I still, I still love the illustration that, that within the egg that we view as, as life giving right? This is where life comes from. In the egg, you have the shell or the body, you have the yolk and you have the white, right? So within the egg, you have, you have the Trinity uh, that will become life. You know, you think about water. Here's another very simplistic one. You have the chemical compound of water, H2O, uh, but water we know can be liquid, can be vapor and can be ice. Three different expressions of water, Um, but it keeps its integrity of H2O in those expressions. And so we see Trinity all through our creation, um, but still it's one, right? Still the Spirit is one with the Son and one with the Father. Another scripture, Second Corinthians three, says when one turns to the Lord, and the word Lord is the word for Yahweh. So that's God Almighty. That's 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 big God, right? Yahweh. That's God Almighty. That's uh, what the Jews referred to as God. So when when one turns to the Lord or Yahweh, the veil is removed. Now, the Lord is the Spirit. So here again, we clearly see that uh, the writer of Corinthians, Paul, refers to the Spirit as the Lord. Okay, all one. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Okay? So again, I'm trying to just really lay the foundation that God is one, but God expresses himself to us through three different ways that we know about. I love what John Bevere says in his book, that the Holy Spirit is not a force that I can get more of, but he's a person that I give myself to. Think about how you view the Holy Spirit. Do you view Him as, as something, a force that you can get more of? Or do you view Him as a person that you can give more of yourself to and allow Him to take up more and more space in your life? That's who He is. Well, the Holy Spirit is Spirit, so we can't see Him. But we can see the influence of the Holy Spirit. We can discern the effect or the evidence of the Holy Spirit. Like this ink, you know, kind of diffusing into, into the water of our lives. We can see where the Holy Spirit begins to take over more influence of our lives. We begin to change. But the Holy Spirit, even though we can't see Him, does have personality. And He does have emotion. You say, wait a minute, God has a personality like me? Well, no, that's the wrong question. The question is... Wait a minute, you mean I have a personality like God? You see, we're made in his image. We don't make God into our image. And so the very emotions that you enjoy and that you celebrate and that you express, um, God created you with because his image also has those emotions. God said in Genesis 1, let us make human beings in our, I want you to notice our, our image to be like us. So the emotion you feel, the characteristics you have is because God has those same emotions and characteristics. And he made us to be like him. Of course, we live under the curse of sin. And we are sinners. And so we don't always express ourselves in our emotions the way that God does. Right? We are fallen. And so we express ourselves in a fallen way. But the more we give ourselves to his person, to his influence... The more even our character and even our emotions can come under his influence and we can learn to love we can learn to have joy We can learn to live in the peace of the holy spirit like god wants So where he is you're going to find the effects of his influence Or you're going to find the effects of his presence. So if that's true Then we need to know. Well, what does that look like? What does the holy spirit look like? What would be his influence or his his effect in our lives? Here it is galatians 5 The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. So if you've got the Holy Spirit living in you through salvation and you find yourself filled with His Spirit, you meet with Him every day, you're going to find more and more of this fruit as your life goes on, right? It's called transformation. He produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, 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 kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, and self-control, and self-control, <laughs> right? So I want you to think of these fruits a minute. Pick one out that's the hardest for you. What's your hardest fruit? Is it patience? Is it self-control? Is it love? Is it joy? What's your hardest fruit? What's the one the Holy Spirit's working on? On the count of three, I want you to shout out that fruit, okay? It's going to be a conglomeration. So here we go. One, two, three. Patience. I heard a lot of patience and self-control. I heard the patience getting going first right? And self-control going last. Isn't that weird? That's pretty cool, man. Just proved yourselves. So this is the fruit the Holy Spirit produces in our lives. These characteristics. This is what you look for as evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life. But the Holy Spirit also has emotion. Here's a few things that the Holy Spirit feels that because we're in his image, we feel these things as well. He feels grief. Did you know that? Did you know the Holy Spirit feels grief? Do you know that He can feel sorrow? In Ephesians 4, it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit or bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How do we bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit? Well, by living in ways that hurts other believers because the Holy Spirit's all about unity. So when we live in ways that brings down the unity or causes division between believers... That grieves the Holy Spirit. Here's what it goes on to say. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander be put away from you, along with all malice. But instead, because you have the Holy Spirit, be kind, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as Christ, God in Christ forgave you. So you see that in order to live in a way that expresses your fruit, you live in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Now, the next thing about the Holy Spirit and his emotion is that he can be offended. Did you know that? Did you know that you can offend the Holy Spirit? Hebrews ten twenty nine. How much severer punishment do you think he will deserve who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has insulted the Spirit of grace? There you have it. By the way that you live... You can insult the spirit of grace. Particularly, here's how he is insulted. It's when we deliberately keep on sinning in a pattern of sin that we've already confessed and that God has already granted forgiveness. And then we continue to sin in that pattern. This scripture makes it clear that it tramples underfoot or it trivializes the blood of Christ. And because the Holy Spirit is living in us because of what Jesus did for us, it brings insult to the Holy Spirit. So I'm not saying you lose your salvation when you sin again in a pattern of sin that you've been uh, that you have been forgiven of. But what I am saying is that when we do that, we insult or bring sorrow or grief to the Spirit of God who lives in us. So he feels offense and he feels grief, but he also feels joy and love. Aren't you excited about that? Here's something good, right? Yay, it's not all bad. Here's good. He feels joy and love. Zephaniah 3.17. For the Lord your God is living among you. And remember, the Lord is the Spirit, right? So He's living among you. He's living in you. He's a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. Do you know the Holy Spirit delights in you? Mostly because of Christ in you. But He delights in you. He sees you. He loves you. He gets excited when He watches you, especially watching you let Jesus shine through you. Holy Spirit delights in that and with his love he will calm all your fears Anybody ever feel fear anxiety? Come on. Let me see. I know it's true Lots of fear and anxiety. I feel it all the time all the time every morning. I sometimes wake up Feeling anxiety. I didn't even think about it. I feel it. Okay, so then I have to go through this process of inviting the Holy Spirit to calm me And to speak sense to my troubled soul and to remember that He's really in charge and living large inside my life. I have to do the same thing that you do. And then it says, He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. The Holy Spirit loves to calm you. And He loves to rejoice over you with joyful songs. Pretty awesome, right? So I want to, I want to finish this section by saying simply, I need to repeat this again, that the Holy Spirit is God. As we talk about Him as an expression of the Trinity Let's not forget that he is the lord And he is the spirit of christ So really when you pray to the holy spirit And he's the spirit of christ, you know, you're really talking to jesus as well And you're talking to the father as well. So I mean he is one god Let's not think that god gets hung up by technicalities When it comes to prayer, I think he's just happy to hear from you. What do you think? I think he is honestly, okay so The Holy Spirit is God. There's a story in the New Testament church where this husband and wife sold a piece of ground and they were going to give their money to the church. And so they did. They gave their money to the church, but they didn't give all of it. And that wasn't the problem. The problem was they lied about it. They kept some of the money, but they told God and they told the leaders that they were giving all the money. So they lied about the money. And so Peter discerned from the Holy Spirit, got a word of knowledge, that this had happened. So he calls in the husband, Ananias. And here's what he says. Ananias, why did you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you kept some of the money for yourself. And here, Peter makes it clear. It wasn't about the money. The property was yours to sell or not to sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do such a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. And again, I read that just to tell you that that the church and the church leaders always recognize the Holy Spirit and God living in us as God, as the Lord, as the Spirit of Christ. He is one God. Okay. So now that we've talked about who He is, let's talk about why He came. Number two in your notes today. Why did the Holy Spirit come? You know, lots of people think the Holy Spirit first showed up in Acts chapter 2 with tongues of fire and people speaking in tongues, and that's when the Holy Spirit first showed up. And I want to say, oh, no. The Holy Spirit's been here as long as we've had the Word of God in terms of what Scripture tells us. He was in verse 1 of chapter 1. And he was called out and recognized in verse 2 of chapter 1 of Genesis. And so he was with us at creation. So first of all, I just want to say to you today, the Holy Spirit came to create That's the first thing he came to do he came to create he made his appearance in Genesis one He's a part of the creative and production team of God Father son and Holy Spirit, you know We have a creative arts and production production team here at North County and the program you hold in your hands That's a result of the creative team and the production team All the video stuff all the slides all the creative stuff that you see You know the video that we showed for Easter last week Um, Was a production that was done by an 18-year-old that works for us, Elliot. You know, and and just God continues to let us be creative and express creativity because He's creative. So we want to be like Him, right? We want to be creative like He's creative. So we've got a team. They think up designs as a team. They make posters and put them up in the bathrooms and in the hallways. You know, they do mission wall out there as production team. They did that social media. They're a great illustration of God's team. But God has a team as well. Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Father, Son, and Spirit. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Right? Jesus was in the beginning with God. And then verse 2. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. I love that verse. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. And for me, I get this impression of, of him beginning to bring form out of formlessness. You know, of him beginning to bring design out of chaos. You know, of him beginning to bring beauty out of nothingness. You know, out of just, uh, out of just water. And it's a beautiful thing to think that he transforms chaos. Into things of of beauty and creativity and he does the same thing with us The holy spirit is the one that works in your life After you receive christ and he begins to bring beauty out of ashes, right? He begins to do good things with lives that have been ruined and wrecked And I love that about the holy spirit. He transforms us More and more into the image of christ, but the holy spirit also came to bring life And he's done that twice for us first in genesis and then in john genesis 2.7, Two, seven. the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I want you to know, man didn't just begin to breathe, but man became a living soul, a sukikos, a, a person, a human that was capable of being um, in relationship with God, a, a person with a spirit. That's what it means to have a living soul. And Job follows us up in Job 33, where he says, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty hath given me life. So we see even at creation, the breath of the Holy Spirit brings us to life and gives us the potential for eternal life. Every man or woman, boy or girl, has the potential within us to be reborn, to be regenerated, to have eternal life. And it's the Holy Spirit who brings us back to life. You see, because we are dead Under the curse of sin And so we need to be regenerated and that that living soul That he brought to life at the beginning Became dead under the curse of sin. And so the holy spirit brings us back to life. Jesus Brings us salvation by what he accomplished on the cross and through the resurrection But it's the holy spirit who applies that salvation to our life and regenerates our dead soul And gives us brings us back to life in our spirit So Holy Spirit who you can credit for that. Jesus told us that in John 3. Jesus said, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, just breathing. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. That's eternal life. So don't be surprised when I say, you must be born again. In other words, you must be born twice. So the Holy Spirit also came to baptize us into Christ's body. So we become a member of Christ's body through salvation and through how the Holy Spirit regenerates our soul and he baptizes us into Christ's spiritual eternal body. We become the body of Christ. Like Jesus told us, John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So water baptism is an outward expression of an inward work that the Holy Spirit has done in our hearts. We get saved. We receive salvation. The Holy Spirit brings us to life. And then like these young people did this morning, we follow in the waters of baptism to illustrate what's already happened on the inside, that we've been reborn. And then to say, I identify with Jesus and I'm a part of his church. But what the Holy Spirit does when we're saved is that he baptizes us into the body of Christ. That is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And that's what happens at regeneration. When you receive what Christ has done for you. You are born again and then the Holy Spirit baptizes you or, or infuses you into the body of Christ. And you become one of the body. Um, Paul talked about this in 1 Corinthians 12. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. That's Jesus Christ. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we've all been made to drink into one Spirit. So it's the Holy Spirit who baptizes us into the body of Christ, and that happens when our heart, our soul is regenerated by the, by the Holy Spirit and we receive salvation. Okay? So the Holy Spirit also came to fill. He's the great filler. He loves to fill empty spaces. And so we've got to make room for Him to fill. Our lives right so he fills the earth isaiah prophesied in isaiah 6 3 That they were calling out to each other. Holy 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 is the lord of heaven's armies The whole earth is filled with his glory And then david talked about in psalm 139 how he can't get away from god's spirit Because god is just is everywhere right psalm 139 7 david said I can never escape from your spirit I can never get away from your presence And who would want to? Who would want to get away from the presence of God? And then we see this come to pass in fullness in Acts 2.4, where Jesus goes back to the Father and he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, who will not just be with you, but he will be, with, be in you. And we see this happen for the first time in Acts 2.4, when everyone was present. Uh, they had already received, they had received salvation, they'd been baptized into the body of Christ. And now, and now uh, Luke writes about the filling of the Holy Spirit. That comes into their lives for the very first time and it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. I don't know if you remember the story, but there were people there from many, many different languages and tribes that were uh, outside this room. And if you read this story, scripture tells us that each one of those people of other languages and tongues heard these 120 proclaiming God in their own language. I mean, they were in these unknown language, but they were hearing them in their own language. It was a remarkable, remarkable filling and expression of the Holy Spirit. Pretty, pretty awesome, don't you think? So then we go on, and the Holy Spirit wants to not just fill us once, but the Holy Spirit wants to fill us every day. As often as, as you will welcome uh, His filling, He is ready to fill you. And He wants to fill you, to help you, to walk with you, to bring change and transformation in your life. To help you with you respond, how you respond in difficult situations. To guide you, to lead you. The Holy Spirit is, is, is there. He's already there. Um, you don't need to ask Him to give more of Himself. He's given Himself. All you need to do is make room for Him. Amen. And to invite Him into that space that you create for Him. You are the one who decides how much you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I would say to you today that often many of us struggle with life. We're saved, but we struggle with life because we do not take the time to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We do not welcome the Holy Spirit daily into our lives to fill us and to love us and to walk with us in our life. We don't give room for the Holy Spirit. And so we end up living our life out of our human emotion. And how many of you know we make a mess out of life? And man, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit simply wants us to create more space for him to repent, to empty out so that he can come and he can fill. And it's only to our benefit. Jesus said, it's to your benefit that I go. So you can have the Holy Spirit not just with you, like I was with you, Jesus says, but in you every moment, every second of every day. And he wants us to have that filling every day. Paul said in Ephesians, don't be drunk with wine. Many times we substitute not just wine, but every other kind of filling for what the Holy Spirit wants to give us. Don't be drunk with wine or anything else, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs among yourself. Make music in your heart to the Lord. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to fill us, and the response to that filling is this, this life of thankfulness that we get to live. Even though life is still not perfect, we can grow in how we relate with life and the people we love in this life. And that happens through the filling of the Holy Spirit. So let me just take a few minutes. I want to read through you a list ...of just a few of the reasons of why the Holy Spirit came. Okay, here's a bunch of scriptures. Um, of course, he came to be in us, not just with us, right? That's John chapter 14, that came from Jesus. But then secondly, he came to give gifts to the church. The Holy Spirit came to give gifts to the church. And Paul said, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts... ...but the same Spirit is the source of them all. The different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God... Who does the work in all of us? A spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? So we can help each other. That's why the spiritual gifts are there. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. And to another person, the Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. And there's more gifts we're going to talk about in a few weeks as we continue this series. But the Holy Spirit came to give gifts to the church so that we can help each other. Okay, another reason the Holy Spirit came was to give us power. To give us power, to be supernaturally filled with power, to live in his power, not ours. Jesus illustrated this in his own life. Matthew twelve twenty eight. It says that Jesus was casting out demons. How? Not by his own power, but by the Spirit of God. Even Jesus, the Son of God, relied on the power of the Spirit of God, living in him to cast out demons. And then the Holy Spirit came to give us life. And to give us life to the full jesus talked about that life abundant romans eight, ten, and 11 christ lives within you So even though your body will die because of sin Or you'll get old And you won't be able to hike very well anymore like me You know, you'll wake up with aches and pains when you take a little hike right But the spirit gives you life Because you've been made right with god the spirit of god Who raised jesus from the dead the same spirit? Who raised christ from the dead? ...lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead... ...He will give life to your mortal bodies. You begin to live out of the life of the Spirit... ...instead of depending just on your own strength... ...or your own emotion... ...by the same Spirit living within you. So the Holy Spirit came to give you life... ...and life to the full. Okay? Then the Holy Spirit came to give us freedom. Romans 8, 2. Because you belong to Him... ...the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Did you know you don't have to sin anymore? Are you aware of that? Like like nobody's telling you you have to sin. And because you're in Christ and because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you do not have to sin. When you were a sinner, yeah, you were compelled to live in sin. Even when you thought you were pretty good, you were still a sinner. Now that you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you, you do not have to sin. You can choose with his power to say no to sin. You really can. The way I know that is because you don't always sin. You only sin sometimes. So that tells me that you do not have to sin. You can rely on the power of the Holy Spirit to free you from patterns of sin in your life that have dominated your life before you came to Christ. God really can transform you. He has transformed me. He's working on all of us all the time. I still have my days. Just ask my wife. But God has done such an amazing work. And He's doing that in all of us who allow Him to give us His power, right? To transform our lives, okay? And so He came to give us freedom and He came to affirm us. His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we're God's children. Do you ever have a bad day and you say, am I really saved? You ever ask that question? I wonder, I mean, how could I struggle like this and really be saved? It's the holy spirit who affirms to you on a daily basis that you belong to god That you are god's child. He's the one that does that And then he helps us to know god more deeply first corinthians 2 Says it's to us that god revealed these things by his spirit for his spirit Searches out everything and shows us god's deep secrets No one can know even our own thoughts except a person's own spirit and no one can know god's thoughts Except God's own spirit and we've received God's spirit. So it's kind of like his spirit connects with our spirit And he begins to teach us the deeper things about himself And we begin to know him better because his spirit lives in us And then he came to help us simply to help us john sixteen seven, It's for your best that I leave you so that the helper can come and jesus was talking about the holy spirit And again, jesus was saying i'm limited in my body I can't live in you. I have to live within these human constraints while I'm on this planet. But I'm going to go to the Father, and I'm going to send you the helper who can live not just with you, but who will live in you. And that's the beauty of Jesus sending us the Holy Spirit. So that word for helper comes from the Greek word parakletos. And the word para comes from the word, or, or we get the word parasite. And that para part is one who is close or one who is a part of us, or one who comes alongside. Not the sucking part, just the come alongside part, okay? That the Holy Spirit comes alongside. Another word is advocate. If you've ever spent time in a courtroom like I did last week, you see that there's an advocate that comes alongside the person who who has charges brought against him. And that advocate stands on his behalf. And I saw this with my own eyes this week. How the advocate stands on the behalf of the person that needs their help. And he brings their case before the judge. And just like that, the Holy Spirit brings our case before the Father. And he's he's our advocate. And he says, really what he says is, uh, this child is one of yours. It's one of ours. This child is ours. And he advocates for us. Okay? Holy Spirit, here's the last one. Also came to comfort us. Acts 9.31. The church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. You see, they were facing persecution and death. They were facing the worst of times. You think you've got it bad. Man, I, I think they probably had it worse, worse, being burnt at the stake. Human marshmallows, they were called back. Or that's what we called them today because a Nero would put them on top of a stake and light them on fire. And that's how he lit his garden parties burning saints And so I think they faced some hard things and within those hard things they had the comfort of the holy spirit And even within persecution the church multiplied Because of the comfort of the holy spirit. Okay, isn't that great? That brings us to the last point today We know why we know who now let's just, let us ask how how do we know? That the holy spirit is really present. How do we know what are the evidences of the holy spirit? Well, Jesus said it like this. He said, the wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, you also can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. Jesus was talking about how people are born again. He said you can't see it happen, but you can see the evidence of it. Just like we had some big windstorms this winter. And you couldn't see the wind. You could tell where it was coming from but you couldn't see it. But how many of you saw the evidence of the wind? How many of you had branches down? How many of you had leaves everywhere? Uh, You know, I lost a shutter. I never did find it. I lost my mailbox. I never did find it. It was gone. Never found it. Had to buy a new mailbox. So you don't see the wind, but you see the evidence of the wind, right? And just like that is the spirit in our lives. You don't see the spirit because he's spirit, But you do see the evidence you do see the influence of him in our lives. Let's look at that a minute So first of all just salvation people getting saved And you see the life-changing evidence that happens in our lives when people get saved When we truly get born again, you see the evidence of the spirit as people are transformed But then let's go back a little bit further. Let's go to jesus jesus historical figure jesus was proof He was first born of the holy spirit Matthew 1 Joseph son of David the angel said Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife For the child within her was conceived By the Holy Spirit I guess if you want to get technical here Jesus is the son of the Holy Spirit Who is one with the father And who is one with Christ So let's not get your theological panties In an uproar this morning But the Bible says That he was conceived by the Holy Spirit Okay, Fathered by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Jesus was firstborn proof of the Holy Spirit. Firstborn of the Holy Spirit. And then next, we are living proof. 2 Corinthians 3.18. We all, we all who have received Christ with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image of Christ from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, again, Yahweh, from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So the fact that that when our soul gets regenerated, we receive Christ, we get saved, that the Holy Spirit begins to transform us from glory to glory, from day to day, year to year. And how many of you know that after years and years of the Holy Spirit working on us, we come out different than we started? Have you noticed that about people? The Holy Spirit transforms lives. I would say that's a huge proof. Have you ever known a wife that could transform a life? Many wives have tried to transform their husbands, right? Ever known a husband tried to transform his wife? No, there's none of those. I mean, our wives are perfect, right? So, so we know that it's hard, but the Holy Spirit transforms lives by the millions over and over and over. You know when we witness about christ it's evidence of the holy spirit when we will step out in faith and say there's there's a christ living in me That's changed my life And that loves you that's that's a witness of the holy spirit living in you many people have done that and put their lives at risk It's a witness of the holy spirit Um, Says in acts 1 8 you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in other words You'll receive power to witness And so one of the evidences of Of you being filled with the spirit daily is that begin you begin to spill out over into the lives of others And as you're filled daily with the spirit you begin to be more open about sharing christ And so conversely You might say you can tell when someone's not being filled daily by the holy spirit because even though they're saved They not they may not be very open about their relationship with christ They don't have that daily empowering of the spirit to share christ So I would say take a little self-test for yourself And See how filled you are with the holy spirit. It's great. It's a great conversation to have this morning, right? And then the next one is Another proof of the spirit is real fellowship real fellowship not friendship Not hanging out You know not just you know sharing a beer or sharing a coffee or or what have you But it's fellowship where you're united around the spirit you're united around the gospel Jesus is the common denominator the holy spirit is the common denominator and you go deeper and you care for one another Because of fellowship, okay, that is a sign of the holy spirit. That's that's what we want to be as a church We want to be a church that even though we may not like each other all the time We care enough about each other to Come alongside each other and help when something goes wrong in somebody's life That's what we want to be as a church And that is evidence of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, okay? So fellowship, it's not just friendship, it's the word koinonia. Koinonia, that's the Greek. It means a deep partnership or communion around the Holy Spirit. The next one is valuing unity. This koinonia brings unity. And to be a church that values unity more than we value uh, being right or thinking we're right. That's why we hang out with other denominations. That's why we're going to have, you know, a prayer night with the reforms and with the Baptists and with whoever else shows up because we don't let differences in doctrines divide us. We come together and the gospel is central. So this Thursday night, we're going to have prayer at First Reformed, invite you to come prayer for the persecuted church. We're going to join our hearts. We're going to be in unity around the gospel of Jesus Christ And we're going to pray for those that need our prayer. People in in Sri Lanka. You know, people all over the world that are persecuted today. So unity is the most important thing. And having unity is evidence of the Holy Spirit being present in your lives. Listen to what Paul said in Ephesians 4. He said, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, with forbearing. You know what that means? That means putting up with each other. That's what that means, forbearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body, one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Who holds that all together? The Holy Spirit, keeping us central around the gospel. Of Jesus Christ and here's one of the greatest evidences of the Holy Spirit. I want to close on this today One of the greatest evidences of the Holy Spirit. I believe in our lives Is the desire to go deeper With the Holy Spirit It's the desire to know God better. It's the desire to spend time in fellowship with him and become more intimate with the one who gave up his life for us I think one of the greatest evidences of the Holy Spirit in our lives is the fact that it inspires the desire to go deeper, deeper with the Holy Spirit, deeper with God. And so this morning as we close, I just want to pray for you if you're willing to, like me, be filled daily, be filled more, make greater space in my life for the Holy Spirit daily. Uh, I fall and fail like you do, but I can tell you When I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm less likely to fall and fail. So let's stand up this morning. I want to pray for us today. You know, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. And he said, open the door to me. And if you will, I will come in and I will have lunch with you. That's what Jesus said. I will fellowship with you. I will eat with you. Basically, that saying is, I just want to, I want a friendship with you. And that's the spirit of Christ who lives in you, who's saying that. But Jesus says that to you today. I I want a deeper friendship with you. So if you would like that, and if you're like me and you want just more of the Spirit to fill you up so that you can be better, just pray with me today. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you today that we can come and, and we can even talk about you as the Holy Spirit and we can invite you to fill us. God, we thank you for Easter Sunday where we celebrate the resurrected Christ, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for doing that and sending us the Spirit of Christ to live in us. And today we simply say, Lord, more of your Spirit in the sense that we make more space. We make more space so that we can experience a greater filling of you. Thank you that you're always willing for the filling. Lord, all we have to do is say, Lord, take up a greater greater space, do more work in my life. And so today is is another day where we say that, Lord, and we pray through this series that we would learn what that really means in our life. And we would allow you to fill us and really work in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to close with a couple songs. This one's newer. Just enjoy it as you learn it this morning. And we're going to give our tithes and offerings as we do. Let's worship.